Wardcast episode 154. Go! Go! I'm Del Vento, and the batteries on my keyboard just died. <laughs> Fortunately, I don't really need it for the recording. But I'm here, joined by Will Blanton. Hey, what's up? And Alex Damrath. Hey, hey. How are you guys doing? Doing good. I'm doing pretty good. Well, that's a shame because I'm about to bring it down real bad. <gasps> News at the top of the episode. Oh, man. With some closures. First off the docket, Capcom Vancouver has been shuttered earlier this week i feel like this yeah. should be just a recurring segment at this point <laughs> what's closed this week yeah. <laughs> who's been fired recently <laughs> and was reddit involved this time i haven't really heard much about uh capcom vancouver uh they made the dead rising series oh wow and that newest puzzle fighter Aww. for mm. mobile phones which mm. i played when it came out i remember and it was okay yeah and then like five months later it was turned off Oh, that sucks. Oh. I have no idea why, because it was a free-to-play mobile game, so <laughs> I could not imagine... I, I don't know. Were there, like, servers running or something? Or? Maybe. I mean, I guess I had online play, Yeah, but still, yeah. isn't that all just AWS at this point? Yeah, or Azure or something <laughs> at this point? So, what were they, what, were they working on anything? Uh, they apparently had a project in the works that they were trying to pitch internally... Mega that. Man Legends 3. Yes. <laughs> the Man. faded. 2. The myth. The Mega Man Legends 3-2. 3-2. Two. Three two. Um, they were working on something. I don't know the specifics of that, but I remember hearing inklings of something being passed around. But Dead Rising 4 came out last year? Mm -hmm. And apparently didn't... It wasn't great. Exactly set the world on fire. So... I can't... I haven't played much of the Dead Risings, but I understand there's, like, a lot of fan uh, love for the main character. Frank West? Frank West. He's covered wars. And, yeah. And I think... <laughs> I think I understand part of the issue with 4 was either it wasn't him or it was just rewritten to a point where it yes. did not feel like they him at all. They rewrote Frank West to be more of a kind of belligerent asshole... Whereas in the original Dead Rising, he was kind of like this goofball. Yeah, I'm Frank West. I covered wars, you know, kind of guy. Um, but at the beginning of four, he's like this belligerent, drunk associate professor teaching at like a community college for journalism. What uh, is living under his alias Hank East? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, I, I mean, it was still like funny, but I think it was like off base enough where it didn't, it just didn't feel like the Frank West people knew and loved. I right. need to find the Dead Rising wiki where it just lists Frank West and then aliases <laughs> Hank East. <laughs> I like to think that Hank East is like a palette swap. Yeah. So he has like blonde hair. Wow. Maybe like a, a green jacket. <laughs> uh, and then there's dark Frank West. Yes. Frank North. The no one Frank Wast. <laughs> Frank, <laughs> Frank, oh, Frank Wast. <laughs> and then uh, Hank East 
dark version because of course the dark frank west Must had get to a have a ones. tennis partner yeah. yes uh so mm-hmm. yeah he, he was really long and gangly <laughs> and everyone wanted him in smash for some reason i understand why i have a love for uh hank walla west <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why everyone shits on him <laughs> he should be more than an assist trophy <laughs> so yeah they they shuddered Capcom apparently is refocusing all their efforts in Japan uh, due to the success of Monster Hunter World Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. being Capcom's best-selling game of all time. Hmm. 158 people lost their jobs Mm -hmm. due to that shuddering. Were they just like, great news, guys. (laughs) With our bounding success. With Monster Hunter World, (laughs) we are putting you out of a job. (laughs) I don't want to laugh about that. (laughs) <laughs> it sucks because I talk to people. So like Felix lives in Vancouver um, and they have a lot of colleagues that live over there. And I was talking to some of them at PAX. They're like, yeah, Vancouver is not a cheap city. Yeah. Like, Vancouver is like the Bay Area of the Great North mm-hmm. <laughs> and ain't very cheap. And so that was one of the most surprising things about that no clip Warframe documentary was just how they were able to pull pull themselves up by their bootstraps with warframe digital extremes living in, in vancouver, vancouver. They, okay yeah. and and how dedicated they were to just like staying a family and not firing anyone and getting through it together and nintendo's had a history of that too of saying yeah. like we don't lay people off and things don't do well iwata said that and took a pay cut yes each time there was a financial loss except one time they did lay some people off i think late into the wii u's lifespan mm. but that was like the first layoff in nintendo history so it's respectable that you know they they held out so long without putting people out of work, but Vancouver is just like a, from what I understand, and I don't understand it very well. So take what I say with a grain of salt. It's it has games there. It also has kind of a burgeoning or relatively small film industry. Yeah, because mm-hmm. of the Vancouver Film School's there, and there's a bunch Stargate of Stargate was in Vancouver. Oh so. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Will's only touch point for, for, for <laughs> oh Canada yeah Stargate yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Stargate country the land of Stargate and that Fez guy and, and Syrup <laughs> the Fez guy <laughs> Um, but yeah that just sucks yeah and I saw that and I was like ah that 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 stinks that they they could there's some talent there and then uh, breaking news at the time of this recording yeah uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, Telltale Games is, depending on how pedantic <laughs> you want to be, <laughs> closed its doors. Is either closed down or received major layoffs. Um, by the I fir- don't think you said major loud enough. <laughs> major layoffs. In, in italics, bold, and like a slightly heavier font size. Right. On major. So the news first broke out for me. I got a ping. So I'm on the on the Game Workers Unite Discord of and it has like 50 channels. So I mute most of them, but I keep open like the general chat, the industry news, and I think maybe like the Baltimore Maryland area one, just like mm. the local right. chapter ones. Um and the GDC planning committee one. And someone in the industry news said, "Can anyone corroborate that Telltale is closed?" And I was like, what? And then I immediately, I sent you guys that. Yeah. And yeah. then I immediately jumped on Twitter and just started like <laughs> keyword telltale 
and just kept refreshing and it was just all these people's like, I just heard telltale clues. Like, is this true? Is this true? Is this true? And then like every 10th person would be like, let me tell you about the telltale heart. My favorite Edgar Allan Poe poem. <laughs> God. <laughs> but it was, it was very, it was like this, this, this very slow building tidal wave. It was very surreal watching it happen in real time. Right. Like mm-hmm. the news sort of wash over an entire community. Which I've never had that before, but I'm sure that happens all the time with right. all of these closures and layoffs. Yeah, it was the first time for me too just like sitting in the in the bleachers essentially and mike footer um had a particular point of view and he was just like i'm not going to say anything i've heard the same things you've heard i'm not going to say anything until i get confirmed reports from management or you know top level executives like it's no use speculating because it's just going to add to the misinformation right mm-hmm. but i mean the news broke out relatively quick like from beginning hearing the inklings of it it leaking out which i assume first came out to when management like took everyone into a, a boardroom and gave them the skinny to like everything being confirmed it was probably like two hours yeah it was probably like two or three p.m eastern on that friday to like five or six ish having everything broken down properly uh so what happened was they basically laid off 250 people um people were first confused about if it was 225 or 250 but at the end it was 250 they are keeping on a remaining 25 people to see out the minecraft story mode that they were porting to netflix as like a playable experience within the netflix app beyond that everything else has been canceled the rest of The Walking Dead, the final season, uh, The Wolf Among Us, season two, anything else, any other major plans? They had a Stranger Things yeah. uh, game in probably like very early pre-production. Um, that's been shuttered that they announced. Yeah. They had a Marvel deal like years ago that they announced that has never been brought up again. Yeah. And I never understood the state of that. I mean, obviously, that's probably ostensibly canceled. About a week ago or two weeks ago, Poker Night Two actually got taken off of store shelves. Right, which is weird. And there is oh. a there is a planned physical release for Telltale the final season in like November. Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. That obviously is probably not going to come to pass anymore. It was just a surreal thing because Telltale was very much like this cornerstone of a certain type of game yeah for mm-hmm. a long time like ever since walking dead season one like blew up both critically and commercially they they have been kind of this weird mainstay where it's like we're getting all these deals we're getting all these properties we're doing so well and then there was that report earlier this year from the verge about like the toxicity in their culture and like mm-hmm. you know how they just burn people out and have outrageous hours and then last year they laid off like 90 people in the spring yeah and I just think it's this this thing of poor management, and then they grew too big too fast. And there is some speculation on their particular product kind of growing stale, just a little bit. Yes. I mean, there's definitely fans and and uh, people um, such as yourself who really enjoy it. The defenders. Yeah. <laughs> but I do feel like I I saw a lot of sentiment at least among my circles, my Twitter, my Facebook that was just like, well, yeah, all their games got boring after the first two or three, you know. But like, I mean, like that depends on your definition of boring, and I don't want to turn this into as like, well, I don't like their games, so I'm glad they're right. gone, and yeah. I do like I their games, so I'm sad they're gone. But it's this interesting. It's definitely not that. It's, it's yeah. indicative of 
how hard of a pitch they had an uphill battle the entire time. Right. Or it's like, we're making this specific kind of game. We're former LucasArts people. We love adventure games. This is the new adventure game. Mm -hmm. It's, it's got some action elements. It's, it's narratively driven. It's, it's has a focus on, on polish on the storytelling side. And then people will look at them and was like, well, that just seems boring or (laughs) your engine sucks. Right. Look, the engine thing is a, is a understandable criticism. I mean, I've seen I guess, plenty of bugs. Of, it, it, there's such a it's such a niche genre that like I think because they were working with these giant licenses, people expected like oh, making, this must be like triple A quality, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but like really, uh, they're, they're like weird narrative games. So like, if their eyeballs don't track targets right, well, to me, it always seemed like, hey, these are the types of licenses that fit perfectly for a narrative driven game. Like right. I don't, I don't want to play a Game of Thrones action RPG. Right. Like I want to, I want to, I want to do the politicking and shit. And that's just, you know, yeah, in, I mean, in, in a perfect world, like a triple A perfect world, Game of Thrones is probably just a Middle Earth, Shadow right. of Mordor knockoff. <laughs> yeah. Like it's gonna be that kind of shit, you know? Yeah. Because people want their power fantasy, and then they want their like, ooh, politicking. I'm controlling this house and that house, and then that's just the nemesis system right at the end or if it's not it's going to be dialogue driven you know more like a bethesda game or like uh, a bioware game and you know those can sometimes be hit or miss i mean look at mass effect and dravana obviously mass effect and dravana had more issues than just like people didn't like this the narrative of the story or like the structure of it but it's it's sad because i feel like telltale at least critically opened the floodgates to people taking writing more seriously oh yeah like and now you have all of these narrative designers that are out of work in San Rafael, and I mean I saw you know Ubisoft San Francisco put out a call. I yeah. saw a couple other studios put out calls, but it's like they're not going to absorb all that talent. It's hard to tell if it's like Twitter optics or what, but it does seem like they are being aggressively rehired. Yes, um, well I mean so there's cross your talented people. That. Yeah, yeah, there's really talented people. Yeah, like even if you're like. Oh, the engine sucks. So the tool engineers should are probably terrible. It's like, well, or they just had to deal with a ancient ass engine, right? Because and a massive man- amount of crunch, right? Because yeah. management wouldn't give them the budget for something bigger. Yeah, but it's it sucks. It sucks because and if you looked at the layoffs from last year, I was rereading some stuff, and it was like when they laid people off last spring. It was like, hey, we're putting a job fair out. We're going to aggressively, here's your severance package. We're going to aggressively like find you work. We're going to help you out because that's what we care about here. Whereas this time, it was like all hands at 2 o'clock. Everyone come into the, the meeting Ugh. room. You're all out of work. Please clear your desks. Yeah, no we're lock- severance. We're locking the building. Yeah, we no ha- severance. We have no money left. Which is ridiculous. Not least because... so. Someone on, on the Game Workers Unite Discord was talking about this this uh, act. There's a federal version of it, and then California has a version of it called the uh, the Warren Act, which is the Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act. And basically, it's it tells you you have to give people sixty days, thirty to sixty days, mm-hmm. that they're going to be laid off. Um, otherwise, it's illegal. And then there are some exceptions for it. One of which is like if the company is faltering. So 
I mm. don't know if that like gets them out from underneath having right. to do that. You don't have to provide severance if your company is filing for bankruptcy. But Mike Floater has been doing research on it, and there's a there's a like um, probably like a SEC uh, run portal or something where you can find uh, bankruptcy filings, whether uh-huh. it's Chapter Nine or Chapter Eleven or whatever. It hasn't been one yet. None has been reported. Right. So if they're not providing severance and also not filing for bankruptcy, then they're breaking the law. Right. Mm. So that's just bad management, however you slice it. It's bad management that they burn their fuse that long and not giving people a heads up and then just firing them all. It's bad management because no less than a week ago, they were hiring people and having people move cross-country to work at Telltale. It's bad management if they're not providing people severance because they don't have the money for it and not filing for bankruptcy because they still want to finish out this Netflix deal. Right. So, and when I say bad management, I don't mean just, oh, evil money-grubbing managers and executives. It could just be like they were banking on the Netflix deal going through for the Stranger Things. They were banking on their game selling better. They were banking on all these things. And if you start telling people 30 to 60 days prior to you having to close your doors that, hey, this is the way things are going, then... Uh, your productivity is going to drop. Your you're going to probably lose people because they're yeah. immediately going to start looking for jobs. And a pretty a lot of your best people probably right in a right. very volatile, uh, hungry market. I mean, that's my assumption. Maybe I'm completely wrong about the Bay Area, but I would I would assume, giving all the tweets I've seen about people being like, "We're hiring, come come work yeah. for us." Yeah. Uh. So I don't think they're evil. But that sounds like they were really counting on some funding that they which just is really never stupid. Got. Yeah, it's really stupid and really shitty. And they, I honestly think, from start to finish, they grew too big too fast. They had poor management and poor workplace culture. Mm-hmm. And even at the very end, they didn't give a shit about their employees. Mm-hmm. And whether it was intentional or not, that's just terrible, because. Now you have these people that are out on the street. There are people saw one of the narrative designers saying some of these people are working paycheck to paycheck because that's how expensive the Bay Area is. Yeah, yeah. And now they don't have a job, and also like payroll was going to be like next week, and they're not going to get that, and they're not going to get severance. So <sighs> what the fuck are you? Getting? Some of these people have families. Like I said before, some of these people, you know, started working there a week ago, and some of these people were moved across the country to work here because that's how much they love telltale and that's how much they love their output. But because you threw good money after bad and bad money after worse and just thought the next deal was going to, was going to be the breakout success is, is, is what Rovio did. Like when Angry Birds blew up, Rovio did this massive expansion and mm-hmm. had like multiple studios, multiple different countries. Yeah. And then the Angry Birds well dried up and they're like, Oh, we got to cut back immensely. Whereas instead, if, you know, this is a hit-driven industry, instead if they just treat it like, hey, this is like, this one game blew up, this might not be a franchise, this might not be an indicator of continued success, if we just take all that money we just got and used it to ensure the well-being of our current staff <laughs> yeah, to bank against the next game not doing well, right? we'd be way better off and just we hired, they doubled twice in two years. And they had to move offices like two times. Mm. So I think they used to be in Sausalito and then they moved more north into 
uh, the North Bay, and it's it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's terrible. And now you have all these narrative designers that are under one roof and making amazing stuff. I thought, narratively speaking, yeah, they're going to scatter to the wind. Some of them might leave the industry entirely. Some yeah. of them going to be snatched up by these bigger AAA studios. And I don't know. The best case scenario is that we get more Campo Santos out of this. Yeah. And even mm-hmm. then, yeah. that's a very like commercialistic viewpoint of this. Right. I just want these people to not starve to death right. and be homeless. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really all you can hope for. It's, it's, I don't know, it sucks. <sighs> it's insane. Some of them should uh, move to Richmond. It's a very cheap city to very live in. Very inexpensive. Comparatively. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what, where could you compare Richmond to where Richmond is expensive outside of like, like Emporia. <laughs> Farmville? Yeah. Like a lot of middle America. Yeah. 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 Is, does Mickey have expensive housing out there? Is it, uh, I, mean, like, I mean, she was actually, she's in a home. She's in like a house now, but she had dorms. She's in a like, home. <laughs> but she had dorms for like the past three years so um right which th- those are inherently expensive just because they're right uh i think her rent for the house isn't too bad she's sharing it with two other people and it's like 250 a month yeah so yeah so it's just it, it it sucks and it really sucks when people are talking about like trying to find these people work or talking about like what went down and someone being like well, I didn't really like any of their games outside the first yeah. season of Walking Dead. It's like, what the fuck? Like, who cares yeah. right now? Yeah. Like, yes, it's a shame I won't get any more Telltale games, but that's paltry on the yeah. scale of yeah. how these people are treated. Mm-hmm. To answer some questions, Ooh. one question is, were they notified in advance of this? Or was Friday just the first, the first inkling of any sort of trouble uh, someone else from Telltale just popped into the uh, Game Workers Unite Discord, and they had this to say. I can say that at least at my pay grade, nobody saw this coming. We were still very much in active development on several projects. I spoke to a colleague who was at work until 3 a.m. last night trying to get things ready for a review that was scheduled to happen today. I mean, obviously the layoffs last year were a clue, but we'd been told by management that we had money coming in from deals with outside investors. So there was no indication of immediate threat. I thought we'd at least finish Walking Dead. And then people asked them about like, well, how many of your colleagues were like contract versus salaried, et cetera, et cetera. Because contract employees like mm-hmm. the Warren Act and, and severance, that's a whole different thing because they're not really obligated to that. Mm-hmm. And they said that most of the people they worked with were salaried. So... um. Also, the question of like how lucrative their licensing deals were. Right. Uh, Mike Footer had this to say. Uh, quick lesson on how license games worked. Licensors typically receive a guaranteed minimum up front. This is calculated on anticipated sales. So like when they did the deal with HBO, they probably said it's probably going to sell this, this amount. We, we will pay you a license fee of X dollars right. as an indication of that. That means in addition to licensing approvals, which typically extend development time, and a licensor royalty that is paid after the minimum is met, um, so that means a percentage of each sale after they have already paid that lump sum up front. So they pay the lump sum to lock the license, and then there's a royalty with each sale. Uh, developers often have to pay a significant upfront to even secure the license and start on the project. Telltale's work on licensed properties is being seen as something that might be attractive to a potential buyer, 
whether it's for an acquisition or just like a liquidation sale. Right. Without knowing terms of those licenses, which are still active, and if they can be transferred, it's not a sure thing that the history of work is a selling point. So at this point, it might just be, we're liquidating, come buy our office chairs. Right. Yeah. Uh, But that kind of like clears up some questions I saw going around of like, hey, what about the licenses? How did they not make money from that? Or, you know, these very popular properties. And apparently, uh, coming from another Telltale employee, Walking Dead Season 1 and Minecraft were two of their only profitable games. Right. Mm -hmm. Everything else was basically at a loss. That's Wolf Among Us. That's Tales from the Borderlands. That's Guardians of the Galaxy. That's both seasons of Batman. Apparently, we're all at a loss. That's pretty wild. Batman Season 2 apparently did abysmally. Wow. um, Despite the fact that I really enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all wise. I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. It's, It's... it's again, it's some, this, they kept making such good work and we can argue about whether or not you thought it was good, but critically it was well-received yeah. work. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were kind of like the foundation of that, of this genre. That's right. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. That they just, they kind of cornered it. And they, and they still didn't, they still could not be financially viable. Mm. And someone was saying something, I mean, you retweeted this and I retweeted this about the, you know, if it's that hard for this company, yeah. think about indie developers. Yeah. Right? Like, and think about the uphill battle they have. It'd be uh, really interesting to see a more like structured and detailed breakdown of their finances. Right. We'll, well I don't know that. if we'll ever get that because that's, they're private. Yeah. Yeah. So unless someone, some accountant or someone stuffed into his briefcase as he was walking <laughs> out the door, I don't think we're ever going to see that. But. I mean, eventually we're going to get some sort of tell-all. Like, yeah. I can almost guarantee, like, Jason Schreier or Patrick Klepik or someone else is, like, already reaching out to all the contacts they have that are working at Telltale, used to work at Telltale, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that would work in the form of a Telltale game? <laughs> That'd be Telltale tell-all? Season one? The tell-all part. Yeah. The tell-all tale. It would be a good tribute, I think. The Telltale tale. Yes. I mean, yeah, if you do it respectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that but see like the cool thing is like that kind of game opens the door to things just like Right. corporate just well, weird. Well, like, look I, at Firewatch. It, Firewatch would not exist. Yeah, if yeah. Walking Dead season 1 did not do as well as it did. Right. If 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 Telltale did not if the stars did not align that specific pattern where they, you know, got the Walking Dead license from Image, they put Sean Vanneman, Jake Rock in, and also Gary Woodha contributed writing to that. They didn't put them in charge of doing the design and they didn't feel confident enough and it wasn't received as well. Like, they wouldn't have then said, okay, we're going to take a chance. We're going to leave. And we're going to found Campo Santo. Right. We're going to make Firewatch. The right. thing is, it's just not going to work for every single person. Like, look at yeah. all these studios that were made after the Irrational closing. Like, they're all doing different levels of okay. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, even look at Fulbright. Like, Tacoma apparently did not do nearly as well as Gone Home did. Right. So, what does that mean for for Fulbright going forward? What does that mean for any of them? What if the, you know, if if uh, In the Valley of Gods doesn't do well, it doesn't matter because they're part of Valve now. Yeah. Like, they, they, they have, they're in probably the best footing they can be right now to fail. And Valve is that company where it's like we learn from our failures, you know. The, <laughs> you know, I I really like that attitude. Like I'm not mocking right. like that attitude, but just like 
you look at valve you're like uh do you really think that so i don't know it just sucks i i that that's basically the long and short of it, it yeah it sucks and we need a union yeah that's that's the other aspect of it it's that you know you management made bad bets and whether or not their intentions are good or not um they didn't do right. They didn't do right by their employees, especially not. I mean, they, they did right by the previous 90 that were laid off, but this, but the rest of them, no. Uh, Game Workers Unite just put their statement out on the Telltale layoffs. Um, <laughs> this is from the second paragraph. Let us be clear the executives at Telltale are incompetent, they are <laughs> exploitative. They knew that this was coming and failed to warn anybody. We know that the management disregards their workers. Several reports have continually highlighted the working conditions at Telltale, demonstrating that this is more of the ongoing prioritization of board members and shareholders that has existed since the studio's founding, always to the detriment of their employees. Jeez. Nice. Yeah. A union with teeth. That's what we need. I mean, I, yeah, wow. I mean, Game Workers Unite is still building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's still in a nascent stage where they are vicious, they are hungry, they are ready to to fight. But I need more numbers. They need they need way more numbers. Yeah. But I have faith. But yeah. Anything else about Telltale you guys? I think it's covered everything. Good luck y'all. Good luck. Yeah. Hope they find fantastic new jobs, are able to land on their feet, don't wind up living under a bridge in San Francisco. Like, Good luck to you. Good luck to your families. You guys did some of the best narrative work in games I've seen in a long time, in a long, long time. And I think you've inspired the rest of the industry to take narrative work more seriously. And I think it's been reflected well in a lot of games this year. And so hopefully if they're willing to take design inspiration from you they're willing to help you guys out in finding better employment yeah amen all right well um (laughs) now that i brought everything down real quick um another direct happened oh boy with a lot of stuff on here um, we can really just talk about Isabel being at Smash and call it a day, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, like, okay. let's. I think we need to address Peachette. I think Peachette oh, is, God. is is an important an important addition to the Mario canon. Peachette, for those uninformed, is what Toadette turns into when she grabs a super crown, and. New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, which is both the best name and worst name for a video game. <laughs> um, and it just, it, 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 it flew, it knocked the world off its axis. No one knows up is down, down is up, cats and dogs living together. Okay, so is Peach at Peach? It's Peach. Uh, she has a different dress. Um, it's but got, is it Peach? It's Peach. Physically, it is Peach. I mean, it looks like Peach, it's but peach. is it Peach? Is it the it's soul pe- of Peach? It's Peachette. But is it Peach the person? But does Peach have a soul? Yes. <laughs> is her soul not just cake? I mean, I, I think the better question is, is her soul just a peach? But I mean, we're, we're getting off track. It really I think, is Peach a toad? Well, that... So it makes sense, right? Yeah. She's Princess Toadstool. Right. But she looks human. So how is she the princess of the Mushroom Kingdom? If Bowser... Okay. 
I've been seeing this one comic show up, like in my in my social media of Bowser mm-hmm. putting the crown on and becoming a Peach Bowser. I I've also <laughs> seen Peach Bowser like go around, and it's just like like all of these questions that are just how how does this work? How does this assimilate itself into well, the, someone proposed into the lore. that that the uh, so uh, Supper Mario Broth brought up a good point from the original um, uh, Super Mario Brothers one manual that there's a mushroom king and a mushroom queen and the mushroom queen has a striking resemblance to peachette and so one might make the claim that peachette is the final stage and maybe some sort of evolutionary tract oh, fungus of the t- yes a, a fungi uh adaptation uh a a second stage if you will and so the toad people eventually become or have the, the ability to become the super smoking hot the royalty class <laughs> well i mean that depends on your opinion of toadette but we'll leave that there <laughs> uh i just like the king <laughs> so love those smoking stash all those plumbers oh yeah um so yeah a lot of a lot of questions opened up i think we've learned a lot more about how how the mushroom people work the toad people work <laughs> Have we? I think so. I think it's made more questions. I mean, yes. I really <laughs> like, That's how science works, Alex. <laughs> I really like this. It's it's kind of a nice through line to the, the cappy mechanics. Okay. Where you're putting hats on things and turning them into other things. I right. The point is souls live in hats is what we're yeah. getting at. Okay. I mean, that, that goes all the way back to like Super Mario 64 if you think about it. Yeah, kind of. I never played that. What? If you put on, well, okay. You got the flying cap. Right. You got oh, the, right, right. You got the yeah, metal cap. The... Got the invisible invisible cap? Is in, there an invisible cap? Um, I think so. Okay. In, in 3D. In, Delph not cap? 3D. In the, in, yeah. the, in the DS remake, uh, oh, <laughs> you were able to find uh, Waluigi, sorry, uh, Luigi and Wario's hats to turn into them. Right. Like you just threw them on and suddenly you were Ooh. Luigi or Mario. Only as Yoshi though. So only Yoshi had the ability to find those other hats, I believe. I think Mario could too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. I never played Super Mario 64 DS. It's a good version. It looked really good. I yeah. was I was kind of joned for it. It's actually even better on the 3DS because now you have like a control stick. Ooh. I think it's the best way to play it. Ooh. Yeah. But yes. A lot of <laughs> questions. Some answers. Some <laughs> logical hypotheses. We'll see where it goes. Uh... Yeah, so they announced a lot of stuff there. Uh, some of which Luigi's Mansion Three. That's all right. Coming to Switch. Yeah, uh, Luigi's Mansion Three. Parentheses working title. <laughs> right. <laughs> because apparently that's what we do now is that we just announce games without having to determine their title, which is fine. Yeah. It's like town, town, working title. Um, a lot of a uh, remakes coming to 3DS. Mm-hmm. Bowser's Inside Story, Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn, Luigi's Mansion One. That's exciting. Uh, Mega Man 11 has Amiibo support. I played that Mega Man 11 demo. It's hard. <laughs> it's really fucking hard. Um, there's a part where like this grinder comes down and it's like a it's it, it chases after you or like you're on a conveyor belt. Yeah. And then these big platforms fall with shootable blocks. So you have to shoot your way through the blocks, but you have to do all this platforming shit. Right. Literally, the the controls won't let me jump up to the certain point and I always die. Sounds Mega Man-ish. So that's yeah. not fun. 
That's Mega Man. But you do have a new ability. Where is it? Is it uh, all pixely still? No, it's it's polit. It looks like a 2.5D kind of okay. situation. I think it's polygonal, but it's got like a tune shader or but something. Hopefully, sort of we'll on. get a real Mega Man 11 someday. I mean, it looks good. I like the look of it. Um, I just don't like the gameplay of Mega Man that Mega much. Man 10 was like classic pixel art, right? Yeah. Yes. They even went like painstakingly to make it same NES color well, those palettes. Those weren't like and actual like... Capcom, right? Didn't they get people to make those? I don't know. I can't remember. I think it was official. Okay. Well, yeah. I know it's official, but I'm saying that like I thought those... I was saying, if it's official, then Capcom has to have been involved somewhere, right? I thought it was a Sonic Mania type situation with with Mega Man, what was it, 7, 8, 9, 10? With those, all the NES style ones? Okay. Uh, I think 7 and 8 had like a SNES kind of looking style to them. 7 was on SNES and 8 was on PlayStation. Right. And they looked slick and like lots of pixels and colors. Like a Symphony of the Night kind of looking thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. You know, play Alucard, Alucard Man, Alucardo, Alucard, <laughs> um, Alucard. This is secretly the big, the sleeper hit of this whole direct. Katamari Damacy reroll. Yeah. Oh yeah, for Nintendo Switch and PC too, which I thought was exciting. oh really? I didn't yeah. see that. Um, well, it wasn't part of the Nintendo Direct, right. but they they announced it. Yeah, for like PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch. Speaking as someone oh. that has only played Katamari Damacy one for like half an hour when I was in middle school at a friend's house. I'm extremely excited. Yeah. Yeah. To play more Katamari Damacy, especially on a Switch. I think that's the perfect platform. I am kind of hopeful it'll have motion controls. Just it does. Because it does. You can use the Joy-Con. Sick. Yeah. Okay. And you kind yeah. of like whack them. Well, you gotta be able to. I feel like this w- This is the motion that I want to do. It's because pronounced with the- Tom. That's the new game. What? <laughs> Because, cause like, yeah, you had the charge up by, like, smacking the sticks yeah. alternatively. Right, so, like, apparently I feel the like controls are to... super weird. Yes. Which yeah. I don't that, remember. That's, like, the whole point of the game is you have to sort of get used to these wacky controls to okay. roll this ball around. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. Apparently, once you that's, get used that's where to the them, skill it's comes pretty in. intuitive. Intuitive. It's like tank controls. Actually, it plays a lot like... Um, oh, that's a bad sell. It plays a lot like uh, Virtual Resident on. Evil, but... <laughs> virtual on. I've never Ooh. played Virtual on, so... Yeah. Uh, but I'm very excited about that. That's just one of those seminal games oh, yeah. in the video game canon that I've never fully played that That's I feel like I need to... Crazy exciting. Uh, and also, I feel like the Switch is turning into like this great archival device. Yeah, the Switch is like PS2 level for me right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. it's like, because all these developers are looking at their libraries and being like, this should be portable. Yeah. And yeah. Look at the Switch and it's like, well, this game's like a decade old, so it's going to run on this Tigra chip. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Um... Nintendo Switch Online Service is both a bad name and seemingly a bad service. Alex, do you have opinions? It's literally just the most. It it it's totally. Hey, remember when you could play Splatoon two for free right. online? Well, now you have to pay for it. Now I have to pay for it. Um, it doesn't change anything about the quality of the online service. I I do. Well, hope... it already has that great smartphone app. What, <laughs> what more do you need? Um, it offers NES games, woo, which if you wanted to play, you already have a means to play. Right, so, quick aside about that. You mock that, but, and I have an NES classic, but I needed to do some research about a certain swim mechanic from Super Mario Brothers 3, and I couldn't remember how it played. So I literally booted up my Switch, went into Super Mario Brothers 3, went to World 1's mid-level castle, Got the warp flute, went to World Three, and I was immediately able 
to feel how that swim mechanic felt. Where alternatively, I spent a good half an hour looking for a ROM save file online <laughs> to just boot and open Emu and could not find one. So that is a very edge. That's the edgiest of edge cases. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I don't know if that's applicable. <laughs> but I was already sold at that point. If I need, for reference material alone, having all those NES games on my Switch... I'm ready uh, to pay the like... $20 to play Dr. Mario online with Andrew. Oh, yeah. I don't know. And I, me. I don't feel like I'm going to run into that situation. So my initial plan was to just not get it because I'm not playing Splatoon for a little while. I have Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, Monster Hunter turned out to be one of the titles that needs it. So What for? Uh, online. Like multiplayer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know if it like pinged the server for some weird thing or something. It um well I don't need it to play offline but I need it to join up with my pals Got in it. California and Got New York and stuff. So Your yeah, Mohoon pals. Yeah, um, the the hunting buddies. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it was just one of those things where like, well, god damn it, I guess fine, I'll pay twenty bucks. Which twenty is, bucks a year though. It's like, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just feels like this. Like a week ago, I didn't need this, and it. The launch was the clunkiest thing ever. Of just like, will you need it or won't you? Right. Well, you I know? mean, I and felt like, like it would have been it would have been better if they had they had to move the direct back because of the uh, tsunami in Hokkaido. Um, so obviously, a lot of stuff got kind of announced slash leaked before the reschedule because they were third party people. It was like, well, we already have our thing like locked in, so here it right. is. Uh, like that Capcom beat em up thing, I think, like got leaked or something. Yeah. Um, so there's still, there's definitely a couple announcements that sort of got the wind taken out of them. Does the Nintendo uh, online service affect all online activity, like Luigi's Balloon game? I don't know. I think pretty much every like it would. mainstay Nintendo title, yeah. The only game, it, there's a handful of games more. I think you can play without paying for it uh one of which is fortnite yes since fortnite is free to play Mm -hmm. so they have an exception there um it also supports cloud saves but not for dark souls dead cells and a handful of other games i think splatoon 2 maybe no they they have splatoon 2 saves i think there's one nintendo game where it doesn't also it just to sort of take a second here to cancel some misinformation i see a lot of outcry over like if you forget to pay or your subscription ends other ways, um, your cloud saves are just gone. And that has deliberately false. I'm not sure where that's coming from. But so there, there is a, a... Lots of people have been trying to like go like, no, 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 it's, it stays for a little while. You still keep your cloud like saves for like... Right? Yeah, for like a month. Yeah. It's just... I don't know. Like Nintendo's just been so bad historically about when you lose your console when it breaks you just everything's gone Mm -hmm. like they all should just be doing the microsoft xbox model of look cloud saves are free yeah they're like a couple megs yeah pushing not everyone has the power of microsoft azure but yeah just i was thinking the other day that it should have cloud saves that would be a great does it not i don't think so i i feel like i don't think that's trivial Mm mm-hmm but I'm sure that's something they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, eventually. Like that'd I, be a good addition. I found it interesting that reading lots of takes on this service sort of led me to an article. I forget who wrote it, so forgive me for that. But um, 
an interesting look into Nintendo developing for the Wii and the Wii U. I think specifically it was about the Wii U in an age where everything else was moving towards online mm-hmm. and understanding that, oh, we should also do that. The Miiverse. Uh, but apparently um, this person sat in with like a couple developer meetings and sort of found out just by context that they weren't looking at any other online services as inspiration. They were just like, how do we reinvent this wheel the entire time? Which... So my Apple... Oh, that explains a lot. (laughs) My Apple-Nintendo comparison has, I understand, kind of worn out its welcome, (laughs) but it still holds up so incredibly well down to the fact that both those companies didn't understand how the fucking internet worked for a long time. And I would say still don't for certain aspects. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, they... It's really sad. It's also... I mean, it's probably their greatest strength and their shittiest quality that they both do their own thing no matter what yes mm-hmm. yes it can really shoot them in the foot um because they just don't bother looking at how other people are improving the same industry but i do feel like nintendo's been warning people pretty pretty intensively for the past year that sure. like it's coming <laughs> yeah the great purge yeah i had like the note written down like remember to have 20 bucks saved up for september when nintendo online launches like you know <laughs> i've had <laughs> a, reggie like, punched in your window and you're like ah and just <laughs> grabbed your 20 bucks <laughs> and ran back out screaming down the street man I mean, he really has it out for me since i uh translated mother three and put it on a game boy advance <laughs> like <laughs> that was like alex's crowning tweet like, <laughs> like, when alex was like i don't think i'm funny i'm like dude do you had that and then like maybe like maybe a month before that the infinity stones tweet oh yes oh <laughs> uh, so good stuff yeah with like all of two retweets on both Whatever, maybe. but i mean it's that's funny just because of your reach this is yeah. not because of the quality of the tweet I think um, I have moments that just, yeah. Anyway, everyone does. <laughs> um, some other weird stuff. Uh, see, Skylines is on Switch right now. It looks bad, though. You think so? I think graphically they toned it down a oh, lot. Oh, sure. That Switch trailer, it just looked like, where are the shadows? Yeah, but like, look at the Rocket League version on Switch. Rocket League looks okay. Oh, no. Mm-mm. All right. Fine. Oh, no. You put that on a TV. That's some muddy-ass textures, let me okay. tell you. All right. And then you make it split-screen. Oh, boy. Um, Civ 6, which was already... That's which, exciting. That was one of the games that was leaked because they had already had like their external press release stuff ready right. to go. Um, and then a shit ton of Final Fantasy. Like, so much Final Fantasy. FF Tactics, right? Okay. I, I think, think it was one. FF Tactics, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Just say all of the good ones except for 8. Then 7, 9, 10, 10, 2. I think wasn't 8 like the one that everyone was like, where's 8? So apparently there's rumors that they just lost the source code for that. Oh, <laughs> So man. that one is just because apparently the PC port is also not very good. Oh, okay. So that, that, that just might be something that they would have to literally like remake from the ground up. Mm, okay. Um, and at that point, just do like a HD remaster in the vein of 7. Give it the, yeah, the 7 treatment, which is still never happening, so... Uh, this Smash Brothers Switch Ultimate Edition bundle thing. Yeah. The really shitty Joy-Cons aren't that impressive. It's just I like Smash Slash. I like the Pro Controller that they announced a while back. Yeah, it's fine. That I want. It's just... God. Some of their, some of their stuff can look so good and some of it not so much. I like the minimal direction they're taking. Like, the Steelbook is also just, like, black with the logo. I'm like, oh, 
That's sick. Um, yeah, and so Alex kind of kind of blew the surprise out already, but the, <laughs> the, what a fucking rope a dope! Oh my god, Nintendo like Dude, knows how to fuck with people. That like like ever since the K Rule trailer where it was like ah it's DDD and you know yeah and they pull <laughs> he pulls the thing off right. Um, so they started, so, you know, fade to black. I don't know what they ended on before Isabel coming up, but they end on something I'm like, oh, I guess that's it. And then it comes back up and it's Isabel, um, one of the characters from animal crossing and like the mayor's office. She's like, man, sure. I'm bored now that the mayor's in smash brothers and pocket camp or right. whatever. And then everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God, it's, it's animal crossing switch. And then what's his name? Harvey or Dave, the mailman. The, the duck mailman. The pelican. Oh, he's a pelican? Yeah. He comes in. He's like, letter for you. He's like, oh, thanks. And she's like, I'm going to be in Smash. And everyone's like, oh, okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and then yeah. like the little trailer of her in Smash, fade to black. I'm like, okay, I guess there's no Animal Crossing. Tom Nook <laughs> comes up at his desk, <laughs> like just watching the Smash trailer. He's like, huh, all my friends are in Smash. And I'm like, fuck, man, if we get... Tom Nook and Smash. Now that's a get. <laughs> that's a get. Um, it's Animal Crossing Switch coming next year. Yeah. Having never played Animal Crossing, I think you're gonna get into it. I'm, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna try. Get some fucking bells. Yeah. Catch some bugs. Be in debt. Put some shitty ass notes on my town that go to other towns. <laughs> it's like eat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Signed Mayor Ass. Speaking of which. Whoa! Uh, I have to say, whoa! Before before my the relationship, Isabel drawings are getting out of hand. Before my relationship with Julie, the only way I knew how to flirt with girls was via Animal Crossing on DS. <laughs> via the note system, the New Leaf. No, like you can go over to their house, go play some mini games. Kappa sings a really cute song about y'all. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty optimal flirting. Kappa, I, not KK. Kappen. Yeah, Kappen. He's like a, a turtle, turtle right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then there's Tortimer, right? <laughs> yeah, Tortimer. That, He's yeah. the old mayor. So that came out when I was in uh, college, and so Mickey and I were in the long distance thing at that point. So Animal Crossing dates pretty, were, were a frequent great, thing, right? yeah. And, and they're cute. It's nice right. just to like run around with each other's little characters, and like you can bump into each other and do silly things. Like I don't know. Uh, pull out an axe and swing it at each other and like it it doesn't <laughs> do to murder one another <laughs> it i really like the movie mandy guys <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't do anything but like i think the other character just goes like ah you know and like <laughs> hmm. there's like a system built in to say like if you swing an axe and there's someone in front of you, your character goes like oh like sorry and like stops and <laughs> i'm excited to to try on ammo crossing everyone's you better give wendy lots of nice sweet notes yeah so I'm interested to see what she thinks because she has probably put in, I'm going to say north of 50 hours into Stardew Valley. Hmm. Only? I mean, a minimum. Right. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, my switch is right there. I could check. But like at least that much. Okay. So I'm curious if Animal Crossing was striker fancy because it's like it's it's more the relationship part mm-hmm. of Stardew Valley mm-hmm. or Harvest Moon. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. But that's exciting. Finally, people can shut the fuck up about when's <laughs> Animal Crossing coming back. Yeah. yeah. I feel like every single time I posted about like Smash Direct, uh, Nintendo Direct coming up, every single comment was like, did they announce Animal Crossing? 
no, they haven't even said that's going to happen, like, period. Well, there was one where it was, like, they specifically said there will be no, this is dedicated to Smash Brothers. Oh, my God. And someone on the, on, like, the live stream on their YouTube channel was like, I hope they talk about Animal Crossing. Yeah. It's just like, you sweet, innocent child. (laughs) Where's the Pokemon news? (laughs) Jesus Christ. But now we can finally go back and talk about the games we really want to have sequels of, like Golden Sun. In that vein, Nintendo renews trademarks for four more titles, including Golden Sun. This is probably just a general trademark renewal. Yeah. But uh, they have renewed trademarks for Wrecking Crew. (laughs) So Wrecking Crew 2 coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, Rhythm Heaven. Okay. Super Mario Sluggers. All right. And Golden Sun. So that's usually, they're probably just doing that too retain those trademarks but yeah Damn, they should just make a new golden sun i'd be into that a new wrecking crew why not why the fuck not <laughs> um moving on boys there was another big announcement this week oh boy uh sony announces <gasps> that they're getting into the smallified console game <gasps> with the Here playstation classic Coming out this December for a cool one hundred dollars. It's too much, including the seminal games: Jumping Flash, <laughs> <laughs> Wild Arms, Ridge Racer Type Four, Tekken Three, and Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, Tekken Three is the one with Gone, right? I'm not a Tekken. I don't actually know. So I couldn't oh, tell you. I, yeah. I was sure Alex would know. Yeah. I, I actually haven't played a whole lot of Tekken. Gun um, is the little orange ro- uh, dinosaur, not robot. Oh, oh, <laughs> I know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's that particular Tekken, but now I remember who Gone is. Yeah. No, he's gone. Oh. Ah. Uh, there Get are out. still 15 more games to be announced on this console. And it's already not looking great. <laughs> So I mean, that's I don't sort know. of my opinion. I, I've, I've always wanted to play Jumping Flash. Yeah, that that much was like, oh, out of that all that entire group of five, they initially announced like Flash looks the most interesting. So what is that? It looks like a kind of first person um, mech platformer shooter kind rabbit, of thing. Rabbit mech. But you're in a rabbit mech. Yeah. Oh, it, the mech is a rabbit. I thought the the rabbit was a pilot. I thought it was like a anthropomorphic. No, I, I, I think thought this was a, ro- a Star Fox type. It's like a robot. Rabbit. Got it. Yeah. Robo or, rabbit. Yeah. Ra- ra- rabbit. 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 Robo, robo rabbits. Uh, yeah. Robo rabbits take over Manhattan. I just looked up some gameplay from it and I'm like, oh, this easily looks like the most interesting thing out of those five that have been announced. What about Wild Arms? What is that? It's another it's an RPG. RPG. Oh, it's an RPG. It's, a, it's another Final Fantasy. This is some fucking altered beast ass golden axe looking fucking cover yeah. art. What the fuck is this? Look, what the... Didn't Wild Arms? Why isn't Legend of Dragoon on this? Oh man, <laughs> that's the RPG of record. There's there's so much that I think like I don't know. Their next fifteen games have to be solid for me to have like any interest in this. I really like the art style in this though. Wild Arms. Yeah, the cel shaded mm. stuff. Yeah, yeah, some nice like prototype jet set looking. It is pretty cute. Borderlands ass shit. Right. Um. So what should be on there, guys? Uh, what, I, okay, what do we think are likely contenders, and what would we like for there to be on there? Because obviously, I would like Legend of Dragoon. I think that's a PS One game uh, to be on there. But let's be honest, 
no one outside of five people cares about that game. <laughs> so what's going to be on there? I think if they can spend all their money on some licenses, which has already been established on this podcast to be a wonderful idea. <laughs> <laughs> and so lucrative. They would be fools not to include Final Fantasy Tactics. I feel like FF if they have FF7, FF Tactics should be a relatively easy get. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I know what Alex wants on there. I've I've He I've, wants the herbs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think the Game Boy Advance version's the best. <laughs> um I I think uh my my dream game on there, and I actually do think this is feasible. Uh so maybe this covers both categories, but I mean I I've talked I've said this before, I'll say it again. One of my defining games is Silent Hill, the first one. Mm-hmm. I played that full title. Silent Hill, the first one. Just Silent Hill. Yeah. Um, that was a massive inspiration to me as a gamer and creator. And uh, yeah, I, I think that... I feel like Silent Hill would be a... Yeah. It's it's a classic. A I think it's 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 probably going to show up. Um, the, uh, the only... But I have lots of other ways to play it, too. So I'm like not even that worried. Like I said, like I think the next 15 games have to be all winners for me to have a lot of interest. Because so far, the first five are not. So... There's probably going to be a crash on there, right? Probably that was basically their their yeah. kind of like default mascot for the PlayStation. I still definitely think a Spyro. Spyro. I think there be. would be a Spyro on there. Um. Oh, uh, my pick for what will probably not be on there, but I would like is Blasto. Blasto. That, that sounds familiar. What I like that? Blasto. What is Blasto? Uh, it was a. It was not, the guy that looks like Incredibles. Right. He looks like Mister Incredible. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. He's voiced by Phil Hartman. Right. R.I.P. Uh, and it's just kind of a weird, wonky uh, platformer shooter, third person. Uh, could have very easily competed with Spyro and Crash, but it had some hiccups. It wasn't a perfect game, but I liked it a lot as a kid. I uh, accidentally mistyped Blasto into Google. I, I typed Blatto. <laughs> uh, the Urban Dictionary definition of Blatto is absolutely obliterated drunk, out of your mind, wasted, blackout drunk. <laughs> Um, how do you even fit that into a sentence? Like that dude's so blado. He he's <laughs> he's hella blado. Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, Urban Dictionary, for yet again ruining language. I have a. <laughs> I had oh, it was ruined way before Urban Dictionary. Let's be honest. <laughs> Urban Dictionary is actually like my saving grace when all you fuckers use <laughs> random ass acronyms. <laughs> um, I pulled up the Wikipedia article for a list of best-selling PlayStation One video games. Uh. Going down the list, uh, number one, Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. There would most likely be a Gran Turismo on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, skipping around, Final Fantasy Seven, Final Fantasy Eight, Crash Three, Crash One, Metal Gear Solid One. I, I think that you're not going to see a lot of the games that play best with analog sticks. Right. To clarify, there are no. This is the PlayStation controller, not the DualShock One. Right. Or, or the analog. Dual analog controller. What's a DualShock? No, no, they didn't Wait. call it DualShock until PS2. No, there was a DualShock for PS1. Oh, really? But it, there was a slim time where they they had analog sticks and no rumble, I believe. Oh, okay, okay, because DualShock signifies uh, that it yeah. has rumble. Okay, Got interesting. It. I didn't know that was the uh, correlate uh, discrepancy. The PlayStation controller is such a good-looking controller and such a horrible <laughs> feeling controller. I'm telling you, you have to hold it gingerly. 
I gra- grip it. Yeah, if you gonna, gra- uh, if you grip, you're gonna get that car that PS carpal tunnel. <laughs> the um the the ports on this, unlike the NES and SNES classic, which use the Wiimote ports, these mm-hmm. use just regular USB. That's cool. So there is a theorizing that you could plug in a third party or maybe even a DualShock three or four into your PlayStation classic and use that. All right. So if that if that's the case Mm-hmm. I'm fine with them not including dual. I mean, I would like a Dual Shock, right? No, I want a re-release of the the Dual Shock Four that was styled like the PS One controller. That's what mm-hmm. I want. You give me that, I'm happy. What, what game do you want on there? Lego Island Two. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, so I wasn't a, a PlayStation kid. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. only play PlayStation at other people's houses. So, like, all the games that I would I have any nostalgia for. Would be games I played in like thirty minute chunks, right? So, Mortal Kombat three. Oh, okay. But I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't really care I if mean, that's I think on there. That would, I think that would work okay. You don't need the analog sticks. It's a but I also solid don't care. Seller, I think like I wouldn't want Mortal Kombat three to take the place of MGS one. Like I would much rather try playing MGS one than going back to Mortal yeah. Kombat three. Um, um, I do think once it comes out, and this might actually tempt me to get one, it'll likely be hacked just as easily as like oh, the oh, SNES yeah. and NES. Speaking Classic. of that, NES collection on Switch has already been right. Apparently, it's just using raw NES files, like .NES. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So they're just you can just sideload shit onto that. Ooh. But um, it doesn't do like the album art or the the mm-hmm. the case art like it does on the NES Classic when you can. Can you do the that? online play with side-loaded probably games? Not, probably, probably not. That'd be dope. But someone... So you do this really weird thing where it's like you boot into a game and then... But it boots a separate ROM instead. So mm-hmm. there's just footage of this guy like clicking balloon fight and then balloon fight comes up and then, hey, it's Battletoads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, just their stupid anti-ROM shit. It's just so dumb. Yeah. And it never works in their favor. Uh, some other games on this list. Uh, Tekken 3 is on this list. Uh, Tomb Raider. Maybe a Tomb Raider. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I feel like Square. Would... Those games really didn't age. You don't They're think so? super weird. Just the way they control and the way yeah. they play. I, I don't know. I think I'd give it a shot, but like... But this is the same. This is going to be for N64 Classic. Yeah, yeah. All those games are kind of going to feel like garbage. I saw a graphic yesterday of how the joystick on an N64 worked. I'm like, how in the world did they go with this ever i don't know have you s- it's mechanical it's gears like it's, what it's like pulling it's and like, like a, really yeah and like turning gears wow and i'm like that explains like well, how, how stiff they are you know for one thing hmm. but uh, for another it's just like jesus i thought because it came out around the same time as the ps1 right i think maybe six months before okay well i, I feel like digital joysticks were a thing at that point and probably I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, how did like the Atari joysticks play? Like, did they use those, gears or well, were they so digital? You meant I mean, they to were say analog. analog. Yeah. Right. Digital joysticks had been around for a while. Okay. Um, Parappa the Rapper's on this list. That would that would be, be a fine. Yeah. Total like like why not? They're so mm-hmm. fast and loose with that. Latency is why not? Yeah, but that game already had like weird latency. Uh, it wasn't. I mean, I got really good at it, but you did have to like compensate in weird ways. I would, I mean, I, I played a little bit of that uh, remastered for PS4, that demo. Mm-hmm. 
and I liked it. I I think I liked the style of that game. I I really wish that yeah. that that Kickstarter project went through because I just want to see like what they would how they would modernize that type of game. Yeah. yeah. Um, FF Tactics is on this list. Uh, sold two point three million in its lifetime. Uh, Crash Team Racing is immediately below uh, above Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. No, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. Hmm. Huh. Um. Also, there are two WWF SmackDown games on this list. Crash Bash is it like their party game? I don't know. Twisted Metal. Yeah, that's good. I feel like that would be a that would be a a relatively easy get. Uh, Adriel Wallach suggested Chrono Cross. Okay. Yeah. Is a game she would like to see. Uh, Gears on this list. Xenogears. I I'd, I would right. like to play that. I just automatically met towards most JRPGs, but I understand that they need to be there. Yeah. Um. Anything else? The big get for me would be Vib Ribbon. Yeah. Even though you couldn't like, you wouldn't be able to or load Res. in tracks. Ooh, Res would be Res great. is PS2 and Dreamcast though. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, might hmm. be. Okay. Um, but yeah, Vib Ribbon would be my. My Castlevania is on the NES. Yes. And NES Classic. I mean, the NES Classic and SNES Classic. Super Castlevania, at the very least, is on the SNES Classic. I don't remember if original Castlevania is on the NES Classic. Because my worry is Konami not playing ball with their IP. And that would be like the one thing that kept Silent Hill off of there, too. Right. Silent Hill, Metal Gear Solid 1. And Symphony. Symphony of the Night. Yeah. So is Symphony of the Night the go-to, or is it Aria of Sorrow, or um? Oh, that's the go-to, Ron- I believe. Rondo of Blood. Yeah, I think oh. they're all pretty great. But what what, but what would Symphony be the- of the Night would be the seller? Okay. Yeah, I think that because would be that's the, the most that- popular one. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, that's the most recognizable one. Yeah. But is that the best one in your opinion? I've I've only like I've Aria? marginally touched Castlevania as okay. a franchise. Okay. What about you? Uh, I love Alex. it. Um. But yeah, is I, it, would you would you personally prefer Symphony or Rondo or Aria? Uh, that's a hard one for me to. I think really qualifies. Wasn't there a panel that was like, "What's the best Castlevania game?" And also, it's Rondo of Blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can see a lot of different opinions. Yeah, I think Rondo will probably be the heaviest hitter for okay. me. Okay. Um, I mean, my personal favorite is actually on the DS. So, which one? Order of Ecclesia. Okay. Yeah. Well, th- that's all the big news. Um, I'm excited to hear more about that PS Classics coming out. Pre-order is already open, so Woo. go fly, fly, <laughs> nerds. Um, Spend your hundreds willingly. I'm probably gonna get one, and with a Proto Man helmet. No, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's everything in terms of news, guys. Kind of wanted to front load it with all that stuff again. Our hearts go out to everyone at Capcom Vancouver and Telltale, and God damn it, Nintendo, figure out your online shit and give me this PlayStation (laughs) Classic. Let's talk about some games real quick. Will, the proud winner of the Konami, the Instant Replay Live Konami-sponsored stream of Zone of the Enders 2. No, Zone of the Enders, the second run. Did they? Second runner. Second runner, Mars. Did they tell anyone how they got that deal? Like, what happened? That's kind of crazy. So... Instant Replay Live did a stream for uh, Zoe Anders 2, which is what we will colloquially call it for right now. Um, Zoe 2. Zoe 2. And uh, <laughs> Zoe Quinn 2. <laughs> and Konami like sponsored it or whatever, and they retweeted it and 
gave a big announcement out. Um, and I don't know. I, I guess Nick was probably working that for a while. Nick's always he's hustling. He's yeah. a hustler. He's All a right, good hustler. Cool. Um, but they were doing giveaway keys, and Will popped in. He's like, "Hey, I'll take one of them giveaway keys." Oh yeah. And so I'm he, an instant replay live dedicated fan. <laughs> an instant replayer. Yeah. Uh, an instant replay liver. It's liver. It's so good to go back to Zone of the Enders. How does it feel compared to the original? So what's really interesting, and so I have several kind of thoughts on the newest, this weird HD remake for VR headsets. I don't have a VR headset, so. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so what struck me as really interesting was that, like, my memory of Zone of the Enders 2 was playing it on, like, a 17-inch CRT on PlayStation 2. Uh and when I'm playing it on my computer at 1080p with like high res textures and all this stuff, it looks the same to me just because my memory just remembers this game is so crisp and so right. flashy. Which is what nostalgia does. Right, right. right. Like when I played Super Mario Brothers 3 and there's that sprite flicker on the left side, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, this is really weird because like now I'm like able to read these tiny little labels on these mechs, these giant mechs. And I'm seeing like weird stuff, like it says caution, but then on the other side, it's like nodgish. <laughs> it just mirrored it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like in some, they're like sort of like going into it's like call, 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 call. <laughs> <laughs> and so like there's like weird stuff like that where I'm just like I can't believe I can read this. Um, it's kind of cool, also kind of like weird to see them not. I mean, it, so, so this is like a, an upres, like they redid all the textures and stuff. I, I believe so. Okay, yeah. it's not a. Metal Wolf Chaos right. scenario where they just yeah. okay, um, and the other thing that struck me was how dated the anime segments are. Mm-hmm. I'm on Team Dylan for this. All right, for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> these anime segments are trash. Join me. Uh, Join me. The, the like the the jolt from going between like these super ultra crisp gameplay segments to like early 2000s like fuzzy anime is like real jar it's like super jarring i think the term is furry (laughs) he is a dingo um and it's it's just like i kind of wish they had like i mean done something with that i don't know what they would have done that style of anime is kind of dated like there's some goofy sort of like but it's animated is it animated yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like, it's cell, like an anime FMV shaded, yeah. in the middle of the yeah. cutscene. Okay. That's pretty mm. cool. Yeah, it was really cool back in the day, too. And like watching it on a CRT screen, it wasn't like jumping between gameplay and anime. You, there was definitely like a marked difference, but right. it wasn't jarring. So they didn't touch those? They didn't up-res those or anything? I think they up the, like, you kind of had like codec-ish conversations while you're in your mech. Okay. And you're like staring out of the dick of your robot okay it's a literal cockpit yeah you're what yeah yeah. it's 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 actually a really cool design i'm really into it um god damn it there's like you know you're staring out into the rendered 3d world and then these animated screens pop up and like the characters mouths are moving like anime um and those look like they've been kind of up sort of okay they're still a little janky but not but it's just so, the style. Yeah. You ever want to have like a really good laugh at old uh, like character art, like that exact scenario, um, 
just play any of the old custom robo games. Oh yeah. God. Oh big time. The character art. <laughs> not great. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> well, and it's weird because like the design the character design in Zone of the Enders is really good. Mm-hmm. But the way that it's animated is just like not it's kind of disappointing. Um Well, it's it's really interesting, right? Because I feel like this kind of goes more into the the upscaling and remastering of of the visuals of games right because i went like even if you look at the beginning of the playstation and the end of the playstation oh so even yeah. the beginning of the n64 and the n60 end of the n64 there's such a huge gap there's such really? a huge jump in like quality and like what they can make these systems do yeah like i watched some footage for pilot wing 64 a game i hope is on the n64 classic and i was like this is like it's like eight triangles like descending <laughs> right onto like a flat plane. What is going on? A really nice Super Nintendo game. Yes. Yeah. And the FX the same, chip is working overtime. <laughs> the same goes for like Nintendo and Super Nintendo too. Like going back and playing like really early Nintendo games where it's just like black, black on a black screen. You know what I mean? And then going and playing like Gimmick, which is gorgeous. Or Kirby. Right. Yeah. Or um, playing like um, uh, Super Mario World compared to Yoshi's Island is like Super Mario World looks great. I love it, but when you compare the two, it's just like wow, this is no Yoshi's Island. Yeah, it's no yeah, Yoshi's Island. It's not Yoshi's Island. But yeah, but, we're all in agreement there. <laughs> with, um, I take back everything bad I said about you guys. I was really expecting um, going back and playing old Kojima games is always kind of rough. Like. Metal Gear Solid 2's control scheme is like not it 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 hasn't aged and it's also like very dense. Uh somehow I just picked up Zone of the Enders 2 and like ran with it immediately. Like wow. I don't know if that says something about how much I used to play it or if it says something about the control scheme itself, but that's been really nice. And it was PS2, right? Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, I mean I feel like from PS1 and PS2 like we've learned a lot more. I know MGS three. Yeah, but still had its yeah. wonky. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But you like it? It's um, a it's a true true to life, um, a, a good tribute. Yeah, to Zone of the Enders. I've been pretty happy with it. The second runner. It's Mars. so much fun. I mean, like, so I've just been sort of playing it uh, in little spurts, and I have to say, I'm a really good runner. Like, uh, <laughs> haven't died once. Just beat Vic Viper the throwback mech from um, Gradius uh, piloted by Leo Stenbeck, the runner of the first zone of the Enders. Um, no deaths. So nice. just throwing that out there. Zone of the Enders. I'm a true gamer. The second runner. <laughs> Muh. For all symbol. Urs. <laughs> like a Guilty Gear title. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? Yeah, I played about like um probably 30 45 minutes of Witch Way, which is available on Itch. Um What's on, it, what's on, Itch will? Itch.io is a mar- a general marketplace for games, zines, music and more. Ooh. That We're, means porn. Cre- <laughs> the more means porn. Not as much as you'd think, really. Every time I see this guy's name, Andrew Gleason, I think mm-hmm. it's uh Manigore. Oh yeah. Cuz Manigore's name's similar. I think. But yeah, so it's Daniel a... Daniel Linson? Yes. It's a uh, 2D action platformer? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it, well, it's like a puzzle platformer. Okay. And Ooh. a lot of the puzzles are really well crafted. Um, 
super cool art. Yeah, this 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 character sprites some Will Blanton ass. Yeah, the polish is really really top notch. I think um, for what it is. When you brought it up, I was reminded um, when I went ROM hunting for uh, the Game Boy Micro we mentioned last episode. Oh yeah. Um, I found a Game Boy Pocket game called Every Which Way. Yep. And I don't know if that's like an inspiration. It seemed uh, like it might have been. I it, don't know if it is or not, but that is also a really good game. Okay. So you like the game? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I really like it. It's pretty fun. Uh, anything else? That's it. Alex? Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate on the Nintendo Switch. Dash, Alpha, Remix. Yes. Super. Double Cross. Right. So, Z. I've got lots of thoughts. I, I'm probably not going to get to all yeah, of them. Yeah, you got a couple minutes. Yeah, I know. Um... My my thoughts are varied and many, but I mostly have just been like playing it um, and thinking a lot on how different world is as far as a re- as a reboot reboot, a reboot. Of a series goes. Uh-huh. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with what's most interesting to me is how much of it has to do with differences in culture as far as designing games goes. Because uh, I think a lot on how a lot of sort of Western third person action games build a lot into them to make a player automatically feel powerful. Like, you just pick it up, you can press a punch button, and your character practically warps to, like, the nearest bad guy and whacks him in the face. And then, like, a lot of Japanese third-person action games don't. You know, you press the button, and wherever you are is where you swing or punch. And if there happens to be things in front of you, cool, you hit them. And just sort of, like, thinking on how... uh, Monster Hunter World sort of tries a little harder to be a bit more like a Western action game and make you feel a little more powerful immediately and eliminate a lot of the tedium. And then playing, jumping to Generations Ultimate, which is a port of one of the original, uh, a port of a Monster Hunter game that came out years before World, or a year before World, rather. Um, And uh, how it sort of plays off of very classic monster hunter design philosophy and that it's all about practice and knowing how your moves work and how the enemies work. And I like it better than world. Ooh. Yeah. This is some <laughs> ninth inning <laughs> turnabout. Uh, I think, uh, so world feels really great and I still think world is a great game. Like and, and honestly, if any one of my friends who has never touched a Monster Hunter game is going to come to me with like, hey, if I want to get into this, where do I start? Like, World. Absolutely. Right. It's going to feel the most natural. It's going to feel the, the easiest to get into. Um, it, it makes it easier to learn its its ropes and that sort of thing. Well, like um, you were saying before, I think, like, World was kind of developed with Western audiences in mind. Yeah. yeah. And so this one is more of them just like home home field advantage alex has already been brainwashed so a little bit <laughs> yeah like like i said i've been playing uh since three uh i've 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 known a lot of this game uh for a while now and uh, yeah it, it's it's just sort of i i think with the classic monster hunter titles and this one um as you're playing you're learning and as you're learning, you're doing better. And really, if you had, if you had ever asked me, what is like, what makes you like Monster Hunter? 
the one answer I can think of is it's an RPG where doing good is not reliant on stats. It feels like a fighting game where you're actually practicing and learning and reading your enemy as opposed to just getting out there and mashing whacking at buttons until cool things happen, you know, and then you get your award and you go home and you feel good. But like in the end of the day, it doesn't feel like you earned it so much Mm -hmm. as when you play a game like Monster Hunter or Dark Souls where you're really putting in time and effort to learn the game. And and then take home those rewards and feel like, man, like I got stronger, I got better. And then you use those rewards to make things with better stats, which do make it easier. But at the end, it's all about like knowing how this monster works and knowing how to fight it. Is there like a community around Monster Hunter where they do like challenge runs? Oh, yeah. There's uh there's a, there's a literal speedrunning mode in the game. And I think it's also to do with uh I've brought up before World uh had triple a development standards in mind a lot of the time too they're building on modern consoles pc etc um and they to that effect made very high quality models of what originally was a game that was targeting the 3ds you know they didn't. right um so for world they had to do a lot of sort of corner cutting uh, a lot of the weapons when you upgrade them or make new ones don't look all that different from their previous iteration uh, it doesn't look like you really earned all that much. And that kind of bummed me out. The color palette was way muted, which, you know, is fine. Yeah, Western AAA. Yeah, <laughs> Western AAA standards. Browns and, like, and grays. Brown and bloom, baby. And, like, going back to Generations, I'm just like, oh, my God, the series really has color, you know? Like, yeah. they, they they really bloom it out, and, and there's just such a vivid palette everywhere. And uh, all the armors have, like, different styles attributed to them. They really get creative with it. And World sort of felt like, you know, they they had to hit a deadline and make a AAA quality game for a Western audience. And so a lot of them aren't designed quite as fun as I would like. And uh, I don't know. They're, they're, they're both good games, but I have to firmly place Generations on a higher tier just because of... A, how I think it accomplishes the original Monster Hunter design ethos, and B, just, you know, it's it's got more uh, things to work off of. Generations is considered a, um, like a, a revisiting of an anniversary edition of everything that makes this game great. Comfy old book. <laughs> Read in your favorite recliner. Your favorite bathrobe on a mm. on a brisk fall evening in front of a roaring fire. Right. I think you meant smoking jacket. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I meant underpants. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. a leather recliner. <laughs> so there's like all kinds of old maps, old monsters, and and things like that. And and a reoccurring thing is like characters from previous games keep showing up in your hub area and you can talk to them and be like oh i remember talking to you in this game and that sort of thing and cool. and and so it's an anniversary edition to sort of celebrate the series and that much has also made it very warm and fuzzy to come home to and play it so like all monster hunter games it's basically all i've been thinking about since it came <laughs> out and it will be that way for like a month or two man um, what if it makes it to the list and people are like oh okay monster hunter on this top 10 that makes sense wait what this isn't world (laughs) wait a second yeah i don't know how that's gonna work out but i mean i i hope people will will take it to heart that i think you know world is still awesome 
definitely worth checking out. Delan, if you ever want to change your opinion on a Monster Hunter hmm. game, <laughs> hmm. I'd have you come over and try World for like hmm. a couple minutes. Hmm. Eh, you know. I mean, I it would probably make me appreciate it more, but it's not going to make me be like, this game. No, one, yeah, I think that's right. One of my favorite games. I was <laughs> reflecting on how funny it was, at least in my head. I was like, wait a minute. Dylan started playing Monster Hunter by picking up the biggest weapon in the game and expecting to swing it as fast as like a normal Western action game. No, I just expected it to feel good. It has nothing Typical to do with it. <laughs> noob. I don't know. <laughs> Lazy gamers. I wasn't going to say noob. I was going to say like, that's a very weeb kind of thing to think, right? Oh, yeah. Like, that's a super anime situation. Dylan's You're... berserk cosplay in <laughs> Monster Hunter. <laughs> What's the word? Sundra? Sun, to sun? To 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 sundre i i think soon <laughs> sundere is that what it is yeah yeah I, I think <laughs> to, sun, to sunder because <laughs> i think monster hunter in the end is all about making you feel like a hunter who is experienced and good at hunting monsters just by way of like learning how to fight and play against all of these monsters and the weight of your weapon and how that plays into it and world still has that but to a lesser degree like you definitely start off in a world feeling like you're much stronger and much more badass than in classic monster hunters where you definitely start out feeling weaker and like but you're learning and you're getting there and you're going to be the best there is and that's what matters well i think moving on from monster hunter we also both tried some destiny too we did it's fine it's fine it's the mission structure is so boring if it were to oh my god! If it were to make the list, its super its superlative would be world's okayest game. It has a lot it would of be like, that. I still don't understand why this is so popular. Award. <laughs> it's uh, I can see where people like it, uh, but I definitely sort of started it and was like, wow, this is a lot of to do lists, and it sort of runs into that same problem of like everything being tied to the numbers on your guns and not your actual skill as at yeah. a shooter game. Like they feel fine to shoot. Yeah, they feel fun to shoot. It's just like, here's a wave. Okay, now go to this other node. Okay, here's a wave of enemies. Okay, go to this third node. Here's a wave of enemies. Right. Like the intro part where you like lose your powers and the big enemies attacking and then mm-hmm. you have to like scrounge survivors and stuff. That all is really cool. But the second they kind of break you out into the open world and it's like, all right, now you're going to the European dead zone. And you got to go do all these missions. So I'm like, dude, I really don't want to. <laughs> this like doesn't, this isn't interesting. This really isn't gripping at all. Yeah, it's not all that appealing. But a game that is gripping for the last few minutes here, Spider-Man, Mar- oh. Marvel's Spider-Man. On the, the PS4. F- is that what it's called? Yeah, it's called yeah, Marvel okay. Spider-Man. I guess to separate from the PS2 Spider-Man mm. uh, is really good. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to uh, highlight specifically. I think the storytelling in it is very interesting. It it tells it. So there's a there's a villain that they humanize very well. There's several villains that they humanize very well uh, at the beginning of the game. That just it, it makes it interesting to go through. So mm-hmm. like, th- so this is something that's already been shown in like press material and stuff. But so like, you work for Doctor Octavius mm-hmm. because he he's trying to make a prosthetic limb, um, and he's working for all these. He has like a a, a a municipal grant from the city of New York, and he's trying to help get give veterans like 
fake limbs and then norman osborne who's the mayor of new york city in this uh version comes in and confiscates all of his his research and stuff because of xyz reasons like his grant ran out or or something something makes up some excuse and like flexes his his power um so the reason superhero game stories can get boring because it's either they set you off at the very beginning or at the very end uh of like the character's rogue gallery establishment right right so if like this game was an origin story it wouldn't be very interesting but it's not peter parker has been spider-man for like at least six or so years yeah he has graduated college oh, he wow. is a research scientist for dr octavius um doesn't make much money there's actually a really great arc where because he's spider-man and because dr octavius has like lost his funding and stuff he does not he can't afford his rent and he gets evicted and there's a part where he's like, oh, my God, all my Spider-Man like gadget research is in the trash. And he literally <laughs> says, I don't care about anything else. I just need that that drive with all my research on it. And it's this very interesting thing where it's like, hey, this is actually an interesting statement on like probably the state of like housing right. in major metropolitan areas where it's like this guy that does probably the, the greatest civil good <laughs> for a city can't afford to live i right. say he's a menace <laughs> he's I, a menace oh my god the jj jameson radio show is like secretly the best part of this what? thing so jay jonas jameson no longer works at the daily bugle and is a alex jones oh my god radio show host i'm so on board right now that's pretty cool <laughs> you are subscribed so like there's a lot of like smartphone stuff where like peter has a smartphone that's how like the cops he uh yuri wananabe is like his friend on the force and she calls him and and they they always talk on the phone or mj will call you or dr octavius will call you but sometimes i guess it's a podcast because you could literally go into the settings and unsubscribe from it (laughs) (laughs) where it just sometimes it like you get a new download of the episode and so it's j jonas jameson like coming in and he's like but the best one is he comes in and he goes so you might know me as uh the person that helps create the scorpion (laughs) Well, it made sense at the time because the scorpion is the natural enemy of the spider. And I created this man to to stop the Spider-Man menace. How was I supposed to know that he had a poison fetish and was going to go insane? (laughs) It's just... it's. Such good stuff. There's a part where he interviews Norman Osborn like as the mayor and Mm. like... Norman is like obviously like wants to get off the air like as quick as possible <laughs> he's like yes thank you for having me but uh, I have a very important meeting coming up and uh, I, I just gotta go um, I just think you've been doing like very um, diligent and 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 uh, balanced work uh, on your show and he's like thank you thank you mayor and then like he leaves and you just hear him shout to his producer like you hear that <laughs> normal and balanced work <laughs> just great stuff oh my nice. God. great stuff nice um but yeah no it's it's really good it's split into acts um so i just finished act one and there's like a really big not really twist but there's a big kind of conclusion to that and you get introduced to like miles morales it's really good that's pretty cool i really enjoy it i i've i've heard some great things i've also heard like i commit some serious like video game no-nos uh, like there's apparently a, a insta fail stealth mission that's kind of tacked on in the middle of it. Yeah, the stealth itself, like so they so it's basically Batman light, like in terms of okay. all, all of all of the gameplay. Yeah, like outside of the swinging, everything else is like Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, like the combat is not as smooth as the Batman combat, and the stealth is not as good as the Batman combat. But once you stop treating or the Batman stealth, 
Yes, the yeah. Batman stealth. <laughs> um, but once you treat the stealth different than you treat the Batman stealth, because the Batman stealth is I'm perched on this gargoyle. Guy walks underneath. I shoot him with my grappling hook. I pull him up and he's incapacitated. And I just go around the room and I do that. Or I sneak up behind him and I do like a stealth takeout. Right? Yeah. Once you stop treating it like that and start using more Spider-Man's gadgets and the stealth stuff, it becomes a lot more fun. It looks like you're constantly like sort of improvising. Yes. Which mm-hmm. looks pretty fun. So because once you break stealth, it's outside of that one mission that I don't think I've either I've already done or I haven't done yet. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you get a you get a suite of tools that can really make stealth interesting. So there's like a, a web trap, which is just like a laser trap, and once someone walks by it, it shoots out a web and then just rips them into the wall and like puts them in a web. <laughs> um, you have like a web bomb, so you can shoot someone with it and it explodes out and temporarily incapacitates anyone with it. But if you if you launch someone while they're like webbed up personally and they hit a surface, they are then permanently webbed. So you can do a really good thing of like webbing someone, hitting them. And and getting them out of the fight. Or my favorite thing to do is just uh, swing toss. So you can jump up the air and you hold X, which is the attack button, and he'll shoot a web and then swing down and kick a guy and it'll launch him. And whenever I'm doing a rooftop fight, I just immediately start launching people off the roof. <laughs> and there's a conceit of like every time someone launches off the uh, roof, he like sticks a web bomb to him so they'll land safely on something. Right. So you'll just see once you finish a fight, you'll like walk around the building and there's a bunch of people like web to <laughs> the walls because he's just like taking them out like that. That's cool. Um, I, Go ahead. I have been seeing like, I don't know, I, I've like on the PS4 subreddit, people have been talking about Spider-Man a lot, obviously. And uh, there's this whole like internal debate within that community of just like Spider-Man doesn't kill people. And people are like, oh yeah, he does. And like, you know, no one's going to survive that fall or, or whatever. And um, like, I don't know, I saw a post yesterday with someone using the photo mode to, like, take a selfie of Spider-Man, like, with peace sign, and, like, behind him is, like, some guy who, I guess the game didn't, you know, doesn't register this kind of situation. The guy's, like, in a pool, but unconscious, but, like, under the water. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, like, Spider-Man doesn't kill people, guys. <laughs> well, there's one where it's, like, you... The pool kills people. <laughs> there's one mission where you're inside a skyscraper, and you're climbing up the elevator shaft, and there are guys, like, opening up the doors, and you come up and you grab them and you web them to the wall and then an elevator just scrapes down the wall <laughs> on top of them. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess Spider-Man didn't technically kill that guy, but he did like put him in harm's way. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, that's just video game stuff. Not first degree. It's just silly yeah. video game stuff, but it's been making me crack up. Like, but, this but the is game is really debate. good. And the traversal, like, swinging just feels good. Like, I'm not one of these guys that, like, played Spider-Man 2 on the PS2 and I was like, we've never had a game as good as that. So, but mm-hmm. I, I know the myth. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this game just feels good to go around. It's still, but it's just a lot of it kind of feels like the, the negative, the knock against it, I would say, is that sometimes I'm like, am I playing this right? Like, right. am I playing the swinging right? Because the swinging's active. So you hold right trigger or R2, fucking PlayStation controllers, and you, and you swing downwards. And then when you reach the top of your arc swinging back up, you hit X and you jump up. And then you can dive back down, and then you hit R again, hit shoot a web, and you and you do that pendulum swing thing, and that mm-hmm. helps you build momentum. And then you can actively mm. click in the left stick, and you'll do a more active dive where he speeds up more. Mm. I don't know how much faster that makes you, and the game never indicates that. There is obviously like a there there's at least a little bit of gain from like basic swinging to like actively like jumping at the top of the arc and and diving a little bit back down. But I don't know if the active dive like 
I don't know if there's like a terminal velocity in terms of like how fast you can make your swing. I, I know there's a little bit of speed added, but, and that's just an example of how the game doesn't indicate stuff. Right. Um, and yeah, and the stealth is okay, but I wish there was less of it. And then there are MJ scenes, MJ missions where you stealth around as MJ and those are okay. Right. But I mean, it's not like my favorite thing to do. I think those are like the against to fail stealth missions they've been seeing complaints about. Yes, those that that actually yeah. might be it. I've just never failed one. Okay, <laughs> nice. But yeah, so I mean, I know you're a big Marvel fan, Alex. So there's a lot of like they do a lot of good stuff with like uh, Spider-Man's Rogue Gallery. Mm-hmm. There's a good mm-hmm. uh, side mission sequence where you fight Tombstone. There's no big wheel. No big wheel. Uh, yeah, I saw that there's a Taskmaster like secret boss, so I'm pretty oh, really? excited about that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's a Mysterio one which kind of bums me that's out. upsetting or, i'm, or I'm li- okay the lizard but apparently mysterio's getting a he's like the main villain in the next he's movie. getting his so i'm really <laughs> psyched about that i'm excited for what that costume is going to be because either it's going to be amazing somehow or it's going to be terrible but still amazing the funniest thing to me is that it's like jake gyllenhaal yeah so like jake gyllenhaal wearing a fishbowl full of smoke is like yeah all right <laughs> fishbowl full of smoke is my uh my indie rock band name that's a good one <laughs> i like it um well i think that about wraps it up guys Ooh. we had to do a, a tight one today uh feels good though i feel like we were rocking and rolling yeah yeah um keep this this uh length for the future recordings yeah, i think maybe we should yeah. do game of the year list in an game hour and a half <laughs> one hour <laughs> all right fine all right so it's my list <laughs> uh, now take two off and you can add zone of the enders and whatever the fuck <laughs> You, you also just, played Donut County. You didn't bring up Donut County. Ah, damn it. Bring Donut, up Donut County. Say it right now. Donut County is really good. Yes. You should really play it. It's, it's so good. It's really funny. It's so cute. And Tra- the trash there's a raccoon in it. And the Trashopedia is hilarious. Uh, some of my favorite Trashopedia entries. Um, uh, let's see. I, I remember the laptop one the most, which is a laptop. Spill coffee on this and you scream. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's one for a campfire and it says campfire uh, early form of television <laughs> I played for five minutes and I'll say the mechanics are a lot deeper than I thought they'd be yeah yes. they, they, it builds in yeah. a good way yeah I did okay oh god I don't know how much time we have. I have a, f- a story about it that is it a minute long story kind of yeah yeah okay. I'll make it really quick yes um, I have a I was trying to describe it to some buddies and I felt really bad because as like before I was finished describing it, one of them was like, oh, I already have that game. Like talking about that one from the knockoff. Uh, one. Yeah. yeah. And I got like so upset and it's like, oh, I, all right, never mind. Like I couldn't even finish the conversation. I'm sure. <sighs> what if I they think- were actually talking about like hold down? You're like, oh, no, another good game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was it. Uh, yeah, no, it was probably that holio or whatever the one that looks like a baby's mouth like oh i haven't seen anything about it okay i just just heard yeah i think there's one that's like literally a donut county knockoff and there's one that's like agario but with holes yeah i think it was the agario with holes one but But they might that might be the same game i'm not sure right point is knockoffs suck yes and you know don't do that but also knock it off and this (laughs) hey there you go but also and this might be an unpopular opinion that Hey, maybe knockoffs are so easy because games currently in their popular state are only focused on mechanics. And maybe if we had more narrative-focused games, it would be a lot harder to copy. So another reason why Telltale being gone really sucks. But that's a that's a that's an interesting 
take. That's my yeah. personal take, and it's probably not a uh, I'll have to think popular it's not one. my take, but I respect right. it. Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of mechanical purists out there that are just foaming at the mouth yeah. currently. <laughs> uh, but regardless, this is our last episode. Uh, what? Ever. <laughs> <laughs> We're hanging it up. Yeah. At uh, 154. Do we get a severance? We didn't get enough investors. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we had a. It's a. It's a faltering company, so <laughs> don't justify giving you long, long notice. Short term notice I is okay until here. Until three a.m. yesterday, man. <laughs> hey, talk to me about editing podcasts, and we can talk about crunching. <laughs> All right. Hey, um, this is our last podcast before. I am sealing up the game of the year list or the all games played for 2018. Woo! Following this episode, we are starting the 2019 list to be considered for the best games played of 2019, just simply because we are recording best games played 2018 on October 13th, but it will not go up until second weekend of December, I believe. So we're working non-linearly for <laughs> the rest of the year. There will be uh, consistent episodes every weekend this year until the end of the year. Um, there will be a stint in October where it will be three back-to-back guests. Um, and I'm still lining up those episodes, but uh, we will be recording some of our uh, best games played stuff during that time. We will also be doing a honorable mentions uh, episode. Well, two episodes um, that will be doing a different structure separate from the best games played. Uh, so whatever doesn't make it to the best games played top 10 list, consider that for your honorable mentions, but also consider maybe some some more, you know, the smaller games and in different All right. games. You know, we want we want stuff that's kind of out there and, and interesting. You know, games you've played at cons, games you've that are very short experiences we want that we don't just want hey these are all our also rands <laughs> from our top 10 lists um but that's kind of how the rest of the year's going we will have like i said consistent episodes um next episode features matt to mellow hopkins sound designer composer Ooh. and rapper very nice dude so hung, good hung out with him a lot at pax west has a lot of good things to say about games especially concerning you know labor practices and unionization. So give it a listen, um, especially if you're interested in sound design and composition. But until next time, Will, where can people find you? X0101011 dot Twitter dot RU <laughs> slash Will. You can find him at realtwitter.com. <laughs> uh, X0101011 on Twitter. Yes. Alex. Uh, I actually I'm on twitter.io the twitter knockoff uh, <laughs> at g-h-o-d-a-n underscore twitterio <laughs> it has a real timeline has the, the, the linear chronological timeline on there right and you yeah. don't see anyone's likes you actually eat other people's likes and it makes your <laughs> likes stronger uh, sometimes you get little pigeons show up at my window with ads that sucks but otherwise it's fine and you can also listen to all of these episodes at ward-games.com forward slash podcasts and also find them at Ward Video Games on Twitter or on your podcast app of choice, iTunes, Google Play, uh, any app you can slot an RSS feed into. You can find all of those subscription buttons on our website. Just look at the episodes, click them, subscribe, 
Give us a review. We appreciate it greatly. But until next time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. See ya. Bye.